Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to New Books Network um, in the African Studies podcast channel. My name is Comfort Azubukoda. Um, I'm, I'm a host on this channel. And today we will be talking to Antonio Tomas about his new book, um, In the Skin of the City, Spatial Transformations in Luanda. Antonio, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to find uh, find out a little bit more about you. How did you uh, come to write about the subject that you're writing? Can you tell us a little bit more about you, where you were born, the work that you've been doing, and um, your general interests? Uh, thank you. Uh, you know, I I was born in Luanda, and as as it's very clear in the book that I've written. Yeah, and I spent a great part of my uh, childhood uh, in Luanda. I went to school there, and then I went to Lisbon for college, and I did my studies in journalism, uh, social communication, and I worked in Portugal. Uh, I was uh, I was uh, I was involved in theater as a playwright, and I worked as a journalist as well for various newspapers. And then I went to the U.S., uh, Columbia University, where I did my Ph.D. Uh, and after doing my Ph.D., I just decided to move back to Africa. So I've been working in various uh, institutions of higher education in Africa, uh, namely uh, uh, the Makerere, uh, the MISA, Makerere, Institute for Social Research at, at uh, Makerere University. And then I moved to South Africa and I work at Stellenbosch University and um, African, the African Center for Cities at University of, of Cape Town. And more recently, four years ago, I moved to Johannesburg, where I'm with the Graduate School of Architecture uh, at, at University of Johannesburg. 
Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, again, very happy to have you. Um, can you talk us through a little bit what brought you to this project, how you came to write uh, In the Skin of the City, which we can talk about the title later, but um, um, basically your intellectual trajectory to this point, I suppose. Yeah, this book is very personal, and I think it 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 um I think it um I, I think the you know the second chapter of the book I think it's the the explanation why this book is personal. I was born in 1973. In 1975, Angola became independent, and you know, and this is the the second chapter. And for someone who was born uh, before independence and who grew up in, in Rwanda after independence, you could see, you know, the whole transformation that the city uh, went through. The transformation in terms of, like, in t- even in terms of who were those who were allowed to, to live in the city, you know? So when the... When the and and it, it was something that happened to very few places in the world, you know? When Angola became independent in... Uh, in November 75, before, you know, like almost half a million people left the city, mostly, you know, uh, settlers, Portuguese settlers who start to move to, to Portugal because of, because of, you know, the violence that came with dependence, with, uh, with three uh, national movements clashing to control uh, the country. So the city lost a great part of the population, right? So when we moved back to Luanda in 76, 77, the city was almost empty, you know? You have a lot of, uh, uh, you still have a lot of, you know, apartments, houses, and places to live, and so on. But as the time was progressing, you know, and particularly because of what was going on in the country with the civil war and so on, the city started to receive more and more uh, population from the provinces, from many other places in the world. Cubans, you know, we had like 50,000 Cubans fighting in, in, in Angola in, in early 80s, Soviets and um, and so on. So being in Rwanda, I lived in Rwanda from, you know, these times until until the time I, I, I still go and I've uh, I have a great part of my family there, and I go uh, frequently. But I left Luanda to Lisbon in '94, and it's very interesting to go back to Luanda and see how the city transforms, how the city expands, you know, and the kind of repertoires, the kind of um, the kind of processes that the city engenders itself to be able to. Uh, to cater for, you know, the amount of people that live there. Rwanda is now one of the most densely populated cities in Africa, you know, with about 10 million people. So it's just, yeah, it's just impressive to, to see how the city grows. Yeah, I think grows and transforms, yes. I think that brings me to one of the first questions that I conceptually wanted to ask about the book, which is the concept of skin and the way that you've used it. So the title is In the Skin of the City. And in the introduction, um, it's clear that you've taken this part of the title from uh, an art exhibition from uh, Antonio. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, and um, can you talk us through the concept of skin as it is applied throughout your work in this book, um, this idea of a frontier within and so on? Like, um, talk, just talk us through a little bit about the concept of skin. Yeah. Okay. So my memories are just one part of the book. When I went to the US, I, I, I did my PhD and I uh, became an academic anthropologist and, and so on, you know. So, and I think this book took a lot. It, this book is not even part of my PhD dissertation, which was about Luanda, but it was about the, I just decided to write a book about, about Luanda. And it takes one or two chapters for my dissertation, but a great part of, of the material was developed after afterwards and for a long time because i started working on this in the, on this project uh on 2014 and for you know for many many for a few years i was trying to 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 you know to grasp and to come with 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 uh, an argument that would explain you know what Rwanda is because i didn't want to write a history of the city you know it, it's, i'm not i'm an anthropologist i'm not a historian so I was trying to think through what is the most defining element of the city. You know, how would you historically, you know, how would you engage, how you understand what is like the most compelling notion you can use to talk about the city. And so that was when the the, the idea of the... Um, the idea of the frontier, the border the vision, because it allows you to talk about, to understand, to engage with questions of race, colonialism, the particular nature of Portuguese colonialism, and we can talk more about that and so on. But um, but I think I really find the idea of the of the frontier is is very distinctive and is very particular about the city, not just because of you know of how. how how you can engage with in terms of how urban planners and architects help construct this idea of, of the border, but particularly about how intellectuals, particularly how uh, writers, novelists, poets, painters, artists reflect the city, you know? So that's the reason I, I, I went back to a book that it's, the, you know, when I was growing up in Rwanda in school, was a mandatory reading, A Cidade a Infância, de José Luandino Vieira, the, the, the City and Childhood, uh, which is the book with which I, I start the, it's the novel with which I start the book that talks about how the city was growing and the idea of separation was being materialized and and so on. So the whole book is a sort of um, is a sort of extrapolation of this idea, you know, because the the, the frontier, the the frontier is a is a very colonial notion, right? So the idea for the Portuguese is like how are we gonna build this city, and how we're we gonna separate, you know, us from them, you know, the settlers from the natives, and the whole city. Uh, comes um, comes comes about that, and then during the so the question that I asked after seventy seven, and I think it was a very beautiful moment is in seventy seventy five, you know, when the city finally becomes, you know, for Angolans, you know, and Angolans occupy the city, which they didn't have any 
claim before independence. So I think that moment of occupation is is is, is very important. So one of the questions that I ask is: so what what um, what happened to the colonial border? You know, what happened to the colonial scheme? So the all the chapters and all the descriptions that come after seven eight seven is about you know how you dismantle these borders you know and how in the process of dismantling borders you create other borders you know because it's just a way we humans live you know so different kind of borders in terms of class but but you still have them you know and um even if they are not racialized and so on. So in terms of the, con- the concept of, 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 of skin, uh, you know, you have a lot of discussions on skin and psychoanalysis and, and, and so on. And I, I just didn't want to get too much into these uh, debates and be too theoretical uh, about the skin. But normally when people talk about the skin, people talking about uh, protection, you know, it's like uh, it's, uh, it's a skin. It what protects you. I think the idea of the skin that I was more interested in is not like it's not the idea of protection, but it's more the idea of separation. Particularly the idea of separation between inside and outside, you know. And if you see how the city expanded, I think this is very even today, you know, it's I think and I think it's something that, that it's it, general you know you you can find this in in many aspects it's just the way how you know people in in order to preserve uh, themselves in order to 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 survive you know they have to create the, uh, distinctions and separations between side outside who's inside who's outside and so on so i try to see these in different levels in the in, in the in the at the level of the city at level of the street, at level of the apartment, you know, because even today the ways in which a lot of people occupy apartments is like it's a way to create a skin, you know, because you put, uh, you know, you need fences, uh, walls, and yeah, just ways to create, you know, skins. Yeah, thank you for that. I know you said um, you didn't want to get too deep theoretically with the skin, so I'm going to ask you <laughs> to get a little deep theoretically, but not about the skin specifically. Um, you uh, talk a bit about urban theory. Obviously, your work um, engages very deeply with southern urban theory or global urban theory or planetary um, um, positioning. But there's all these concepts. So I, I kind of uh, want to ask you a question to sort of um, explore that a little bit or explain that a little bit. So explain a little bit about your posi- the positioning of your work relative to urban theory more broadly or to the global south kind of uh, southern urban theory in particular, especially with this kind of um, particular flavor of Portuguese colonialism that you have indicated um, as being very vital in any sort of uh, engagement with Luanda or with Angola more broadly? Yeah, I, I think, the, uh, you know, I've been, uh, when I, I, I was not, I, I, I'm not, I'm not an urban scholar, you know, I just, I, I wrote about urbanism. And I think I wouldn't write this book if I hadn't uh, joined the African Center for Cities, you know, because that was like the, um, 
the the moment you know when I I, I yeah I was working with people uh, and and uh, very interested in urban in urban uh, in urban urban studies. And I think, you know, uh, when you talk about, like, and then there was a time when a lot of people was talking about Southern urbanism and so on. And we, I was even uh, coordinating, you know, and uh, I was at the inception of a program in urban studies at the African Center for Cities that was on uh, Southern urbanism. But if, you know, at reading the literature of, of Southern urbanism, uh, you see that uh, it's 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 about a very few places, you know. It's a lot about Johannesburg. It's a lot about Lagos. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's a lot of it, it's it's about São Paulo and so on. And so that was my first uh, take on this issue. You know, what about Luanda? You know, um, but I, and then but you you start to think about Luanda in the terms of how we talk about. African cities or southern southern cities, it, it's it's very hard to um, to um, to find terms to talk about Rwanda because Rwanda is very, I think, is very historically uh, specific. And one of the things that I, I I do theoretically, you know, is to talk about the the specificity of Rwanda because Rwanda was one of is the the oldest uh, city found by Europeans below the southern hemisphere, so it's 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 a city that uh, you know that has been uh, it, it was central in, in, in during the, the the slave trade. I think it's perhaps one of the cities that have Angola is practically probably or that part of the of the continent is probably the. The part of Africa that that contributed with most slaves to the to the New World to to America, you know, the problem is that a lot of these archives are in Portuguese, and uh, and but um, because the Portuguese were you know the 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 colonizers were the uh, Europeans who contributed more substantially to. To the slave trade, you know, about forty percent of slaves taken from Africa were through uh, the Portuguese, and of course, being the Portuguese uh, in control of that territory that later on be, became Angola since uh, uh, fourteen ninety two, it was obvious, you know, that a lot of people who went then to uh, to Americas and to Brazil. Came, came came from from Portugal, so having like this mix of you know uh, slaves and and slavers, you know um, Portuguese Brazilians, a lot of Brazilians there, particularly since the reconquest of Luanda from the Dutch in uh, in 1648. So Luanda has always been, you know, a, a very particular uh, city in, in that in that regard. A lot of people speaking Portuguese. It's like a, it's a sort of island, you know, because it's really a city uh, isolated in many ways from the rest of the country, even geographically, you know, because it's, um, it's a very arid place. You don't have a lot of agriculture. 
So because of the oil economy, the city can be totally dependent from importation, from imports of everything, you know. So this is, has been a great part of one that is since, uh, you know, since the arrival of 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 uh, of the of the Portuguese, because before Luanda was, you know, was not a um, uh, was was part of the the kingdom of Congo, but was not like any particular any special uh, or any significant part of the kingdom of Congo. So and, and I think Luanda has such a such a such a this very particular history that doesn't fit into into a lot of into into what in, into in 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 the ways you know we we talk about African we talk about southern cities. So for me the question is you know how so theoretically you know how to think through how to bring Luanda. Into into that conversation, but in a way that it's not just to present Rwanda as one more example of an African city, you know, but like how to theorize the particularities, the specificities of the city, in a way that we can expand ways in which we understand, you know, uh, urban in urbanism in Africa. Yeah, uh, yeah, I um, really. Um... I'm intrigued by this idea of um, the particularity of of space, of urban space on the continent. It is something that in my own work I'm very invested in, sort of uh, the the specificity of locales, right, and not having this um, sort of not going forward with this phenomenon of like having a city like Lagos or Johannesburg stand in as a, as a synecdoche for the entire continent or the entire country. And I think maybe what you're saying about Luanda is that not only is it distinct and particular, um, but it's also maybe exceptional in its own way with it being, um, having the history that it has uh, being, um, uh, historically part of the Kingdom of Congo, but also now like the capital of Angola, having gone through Portuguese colonialism, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. That's very interesting. Um, some of my own work, I um, think about some of, I think about some of those things about the particularity of spaces, but um, more so to contrast with the sort of spatial charisma of places like Lagos or, uh, or Johannesburg or whatever other mega city. Yes. Yeah, because I think uh, no, I think that's 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 very interesting what you're saying. You know, because I think uh, and like looking for the particularities of of the spaces, because I think one of the things that happen a lot when people do theory, and particularly when people do urban theory, uh, is writing about what is it's a what is similar. You know, it's it's writing through similarities. So you have a lot of people that they, and you have a lot of books, you know, that are in fact about three or four places in the global south. So they go to, uh, uh, you know, it's about Jakarta, Cape Town, Sao Paulo, you know. So if you work in in that way, the only thing you can do is to to find similarities. You know, you write about what you, the same kind of processes that you find. This is like the whole stuff about the comparative studies, you know. So, but for me, what I think can enrich lead the you know the way in which we think about not just about cities but ways in which we think about concepts you know 
is really to 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 talk to to write for a difference, you know, not just about what what is similar, but like what is different, you know, and how to engage with that which seems to be out of the puzzle, you know, how to engage with these uh, notions conceptually. So this is what I try to do in a great part of this book. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Yes. Thank you very much. Hold on. So we're going to, I'm going to turn a little bit to your methods now. Um, so in the course of this interview, you've said you don't, you didn't want to write a history of the city because you're not a historian, you're an anthropologist. Um, you've, you've also said you're not an urban scholar, but you write about urban spaces and engage with urban studies a bit. Um, in your book, you also write that you do not provide, quote, detailed anecdotes or full descriptions of particular individuals, the ways in which the eco a living or even transcriptions of interviews as anthropologists are expected to do. Um, and that's the end of the quote. So can you speak a little bit about your methodology in this book? Um, if it sits the way, you know, I'm getting the sense that it does sit across various disciplines, how does that multidisciplinary positioning enable and inform your methods for this book? Okay, so when I did my, my, my dissertation, you know, my dissertation has a lot of ethnography, the kind of ethnography that an anthropologists like to do, you know, how they want the, the informal market and violence and all these kinds of things, particularly, you know, when it comes to Africa, you know, if you see a lot of great stuff that people do about Africa, is about that, you know, it's about informality, it's about uh, slums, you know, uh, it's about um, yeah, it, it's about the kind of things that uh, that uh, that still you know uh, gives um, um, a certain idea of uh, the exotic, of what is different, you know, of the anthropologist doing uh, doing the kind of work in this sometimes very dangerous environments and so on. So I was not. I was. I did this for my, uh, for my, um, for my PhD dissertation, and I was really trying to do something different. You know, I was not uh, trying to write. You know, you see how these descriptions go, right? I was in the market, and I was having friends with these, and then we would talk about these, and the whole discussion about you know. So I didn't want to that. I, do, I didn't want to write like these, you know. Um, so what I really tried to do was, um, yeah, was to um, write in a different way. Even like to, to uh, it's 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 write about my own my my personal experience. It's more to write about my vision of the city, how I I see the city, rather than without having to describe, you know, these without having to, to write in the first person, you know? I saw these, I went to this place, I took the tax, I was having a beer with these gentlemen, and so on. So the, the book is very personal. The book is, is like, is, is my city, you know? 
not my city in the sense that the city is mine, but how I see the city, you know. It's like my experience, problematic, you know, where I grew up and so on. And um, so in terms of, uh, in terms of, in terms of writing, yeah, that was what I tried to do. But of course, I could only write like, write like these because of the fact that I had done, you know, proper ethnography before, you know, and I think that would, would allow, allow me to write in a, yeah, in a more, and I tried to write in a more distanced uh, way. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so uh, I think this is probably going to be uh, my last Okay, or maybe second to last question. <laughs> um, so you have your book divided into three subsections, uh, formation, stasis, and fragmentation. Could you please talk us through some of the logic of this organizational posts for your book? Like, what do you explore and argue in each of these um, sections? Um, so there are about two chapters under each section, right? So, yes. Yeah, this book, you know, went through a lot of uh, permutations and so on, had five, uh, because it took a lot, you know, because any time that I was asked to to revise the book, I would send something new. So the whole process of, <laughs> the whole process of revisions and editing I had to start again and so on. So the first version was the introduction and five chapters didn't have the inter- the the coda which is a part that it's the and we can talk a little bit about that because for me it's the it's 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 the part of the, of the book that I like most um um and then you know and then the last chapter only only came about towards the end um of the review process and 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 so on so, but um, so formation. I think it's 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 really you know um, it's 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 about you know how the city came about and Portuguese and colonialism and uh, you know the econo- the economics the you know the economy of the city oil slaves and so on. So the the foundations of the city right uh, in these um, in these two first chapters. <laughs> The second chapters, and I think that's that's a very good question, uh, Comfort. Thank you so much for that, because the second and I, I there is no explanation for that, you know, for why I call because it's a, a formation transformation. But in the in the in in the middle, you have stasis, you know, um, we, which is perhaps because I was reading uh, Giorgio Agamben in uh, in the book that it's it's a failed book because he tries to write a, a theory of civil war you know but he hasn't finished the project and he hasn't present any theory of the of of the civil war so the stasis is is inspired by this attempt by George Agamben and it's because of the time because he calls the civil war uh you know since the greeks you know stasis um so it's um, I use this uh, this idea just to explain, and I think a little bit uh, uh, provocatively, just to explain that these years, which is chapter three and four, are the times that, in terms of like urban transformation, like material urban transformation, very little was was happening. 
okay you had like people what what was the what was the the city center what was the colonial city center was practically kept intact during these years you know because that that, that that's the, the time of of the civil war and then of course transformation is because of the fact that um you know it's like after the war with the agreement you know with china and um and then the you know all the the furious you know way in which the city expands and the government starts to to invest so this is transformation but for me the transformation is not just about the urban you know like building i think central in the idea of transformation is really how there is something new in post-colonial urbanism that was not there in the in the colonial, you know, because the colonial urbanism was about a sort of dichotomy, was the city and the and the periphery, you know, cidade mosec, as 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 we say in Angola, in Portuguese. What happens with 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 the in these two parts of transmission is you know the condominium. Is the you know the idea of the condominium? Is the idea of the family house? You know, is the idea that you can live outside of the city, have garden? You know, the kind of things that were not there during uh, during uh, sorry the fragmentation, the kind of things that were not there uh, during the during the during colonialism. You know. So what you have is that you have these two processes going together. On one hand, it's, of course, transformation, right? So the city expands, but in the process of the city expanding, the city fragments itself, you know, because you have, um, yeah, you have, you know, new new places, the, the, what is called centralidad, you know. The idea is to, you know, you expand the city, but in this process you fragment the city because you create uh, unities, you know. So this idea, yeah, so the, the last chapter is, you know, it's this idea of the relationship between uh, transformation and, and, um, and uh, fragmentation. Excellent. Thank you for that breakdown. That was great. Um, and now I'm going to just give you a few minutes and let's talk about the your favorite chapter in the book or the coda, uh, which is titled, Is Luanda Not Paris? Can you talk us through that, the coda and why that is your, uh, why that is the part of the book that you're most, um, you lit up talking about mentioning it just now. No, I think the, the first, the first thing is the way it's, it's written, you know, it's like, you don't have, uh, it's like just a text, no um, subsections uh, and so on. It's and the, the second, secondly, it's just the way I, you know, it's like it came, you know, all together. I've done a lot of, you know, it was revised and so on. But in terms of structure, it didn't change that much as I changed the whole book. <laughs> And I think the, and I think it's also a way to to react to and this is what we were talking about you know uh, earlier it's like the, how you compare 
why you only compare things that are similar? You know, why you compare Johannesburg with um, with, uh, with with Lagos? You know, if you understand like colonial ideas, you know, and how the colonial mentality was behind the ways in which these spaces came about, you know, why you don't compare like Lisbon and Luanda? You know, because it's the same kind of same schools, you know, in terms of urbanism and so on. So this is part of what I tried to do in the in the coda, you know, was to, it's to bring um Luanda and and um, and and Paris um together. Because of, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, uh the idea of centrality, um the idea and, and particularly, you know, the idea of, of of urban mentality, you know, like a lot of people who end up Building and and designing Luanda, where people have very, very, very influenced and very um, interested, you know, in replicating the sort of Le Corbusier kind of urbanness, you know, in an environment that they could do it because they didn't have the same kind of constraints as in Portugal, you know, where you can just raise, you know, old buildings to to, to build. Um, you know uh, the international, uh, international style. So that's the the idea, but also the idea, and I think this is something that I, I've been always very um, as a, as an anthropologist, you know, because um, uh, uh, you know Americans, Europeans have done so much uh, fieldwork and so much anthropology on us, you know. <laughs> Perhaps it's uh, it's time for us to start to do some anthrop- uh, some ethnography on them as well. Uh, so uh, writing about, I love Paris, you know, and and I think it should be, you know, I I really think that you know more people trained in African universities should just do that, you know, um, yeah. So writing about Paris and particularly bringing Paris in conversation of one, I think was yeah was was very exciting. That's excellent. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, So this is just going to be a quick one and then we can round up after this. So there's so many excellent points and so many sort of excellent explorations in the work that you've done here in this book. Um, But I'm going to ask you a very difficult question, (laughs) which is what is the one argument or the one intervention that you would like people to take away from your study of Luanda here? If you had to say this is the one thing that someone who, whether or not they're familiar with Angola or Luanda or urban studies or whatever other sort of topic or subtopic that we've brought up in this conversation, what is the one thing that you'd want them to take away? I think, and I think that was like, that. that I think that was like against what I, I, I have thought, you know, because I, I thought that I was writing a very, you know, as we were talking before, you know, like a very, a, a book about, very specific place, you know, and I was writing about a singularity and so on. But after, and I think a lot of stuff that you you only realize, you know, afterwards because it's how people read the book, you know, and 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 I think afterwards I have different conversation with different colleagues in different places, you know, in South Africa, in in Portugal, uh, and so on. And uh, so one of my colleagues, Tiago Castella, in, uh, he's with the University of Coimbra, he said that, but, you know, this idea of the skin, it's applicable. You know, you can apply this to Lisbon, you know, 
to the ways in which Lisbon came about and how Lisbon evolved and in the process of evolving, you know, all these different units, neighborhoods where, 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 you know, came about, you know. So this, I think that was like, I would say that it's like, for me, it's like the, so this, uh, this tension, you know, between what is particular, but how, how you can conceptualize the particular to reinvigorate the ways in which people think about spaces and not just about spaces. Because I used a lot of, it's, it's about Luanda, it's about space, it's about the urban. But I think it's also about, it's about concepts, you know, it's about the city, how we engage with the city as a concept. So this idea of the skin of expansion and fragmentation and the, and the dialectics between expansion and fragmentation, I think that would be perhaps the one of the most important takes. Yeah, thank you so much. That's great. Um, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I know. I know. In in looking at the particular, it can get really zoomed in, but there are some ways that some of the concepts um, can, you know, apply, um, or you know, of course, apply with some transformation, with some sort of bending into the particular of whatever new space is being applied to, but still um, can be taken out of um, Luanda. Learn something about the space from looking at it through its own lens, and then those lenses can be applied elsewhere. So that's great. Um, um, I think we have to wrap up now, but uh, thank you very much, Antonio. Uh, we've taken up a lot of your time and I'm aware that you um, will have to leave soon, but sounds like a great project. Um, looking forward to seeing more of what you do. Um, and I want to thank you for being on the show today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Take care. Yeah. Thank you so much, Comfort, for your questions and for your, um, yeah, for reading the book and your uh, brilliant questions. Thank you so much.